Hello, everyone. This is Myra with Holly Poli's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. As I'm doing this, I'm watching little children playing outside with a puppy and a bell, completely happy and laughing freely. It's the simple things in life that really bring us joy. We adults perhaps can remind ourselves of this possibility more often. You know, the amount of fear on the planet today is palpable. We can either let fear run our lives or we can take this opportunity to transform fear by taking a good look at ourselves. So what I'm talking about is the process of getting to know our inner world, our mind, as part of ourselves, instead of some mysterious thing that only someone else, like a doctor, or something else, like a drug, can change for us. This year, we've been looking at caring for our mental health through the lens of Ayurveda and yoga. And today, we're going to take a deeper look at what's possible with these vast traditions that are available to us. I've seen a really big increase in people going to the doctor out of fear and then being given a diagnosis. A diagnosis seems to be branding like a cow being branded and marked forever. Not only does this term have the connotation of forever, but we're becoming identified with it as if it is who we are. And when we refer to something as my, my diagnosis, my disease, then we're identified with it and it's not going to go away. We are really that powerful. Most illness and disease is reversible, especially in the early stages. In Ayurveda, we look at the cause and we look to remove it. It's called Nidana Parivarjanam. And the body and mind will heal as we connect to the whole of ourselves, including our spiritual self. Now, taking another point of view, consider that a diagnosis is just a condition at a particular point in time. Test results are really just snapshots that capture a moment. It's a passing condition if we let it be. It is an indication of what we've been doing and meaning we might need to change something. In Ayurveda, we understand that fear, worry, and anxiety are some of the main causes of illness and disease and come as a result of excess vata dosha. So rather than acting out of fear, a good question to ask ourselves is, why are we afraid? I bring this up because we've become so focused on our bodies and the material world. And we've forgotten that it's the condition of the mind that has us make choices that create these conditions in the body, whether it's the food we eat and how we eat it, or the activities where we participate in and the people we associate with, how we spend our time. An example is digestive problems. The kind of food we eat, how we eat it, and our attitude makes all the difference in our ability to digest it. The largest effect being our mental and emotional state. 
We want to blame it just on the food and keep drawing different diets or restrictions when we aren't looking at the whole picture and getting to the real cause of the problem. And it often isn't just one thing, but a combination of factors that insult our Agni, which is our digestive fire, the ability to digest food and life. It's our tendency in modern culture to look for something outside of us to blame for what's happening to us. And we might do this to try to avoid the feeling of shame and responsibility. Why do we feel that way? It's a good question to ask yourself. Perhaps it's because our bodies are an incredible tool that deep inside we know is not to be taken for granted. You know, the common lifestyle these days is to look outside for everything. And we lose trust in our own capabilities. As a young person, I was in avidya, ignorance, or illusion and delusion, particularly about my body. I thought I was invincible and could just keep going. I was fortunate in many ways as the messages came loud and clear at a young age that I needed to change my ways. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll know that I received a diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis at the age of 30. And I was told it was a lifelong condition. They said it was permanent. I wasn't willing to accept that. And so I decided to find a solution. Was I afraid? Sure. But I didn't let it overcome me. I took action instead, which is karma and part of who we are as human beings. This makes me think of the Bhagavad Gita, uh, one of the primary texts of yoga, where it refers to all living beings engaging in activities due to the influence of material nature. See, we are actually an expression of nature and we can't avoid this even for a moment. The Gita goes on to say that we should perform our prescribed duties since action is better than inaction as our existence requires it. What this says to me is that we're meant to be in life and participate in it. That's why we're here. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't rest appropriately. And I say this because so many clients tell me that they don't know how to rest or relax or they've completely forgotten what relaxation feels like. Without enough rest and sleep, which by the way are two different things, we can't keep mental balance and make wise choices. Something that the Bhagavad Gita is suggesting. So what can Ayurveda and yoga do for us? Self-inquiry and actually developing a relationship with our inner world is a great start. The practices of pranayama, working with the breath, along with meditation, gives us the opportunity to experience the inner stillness that's available to all of us. And it may not happen at first, but amazing things come with persistence and consistency. Getting to know our inner world is empowering. 
as we begin to see the roots of our choices and make changes that bring healing. For example, when we let go of harshly judging ourselves to feel right about it, we can stop beating ourselves down. Consider firing your internal judge. Who is it serving? And this can make the space to step out of the victim role in so many things in life. Think about that. What do I mean by the victim role? Well, really, that's about feeling like we're powerless in the face of the unwanted or in the face of challenges. And what's caught up in that is often a desire to blame something outside of us or to run away and hide from the thing that's causing the pain. Take a moment to ask yourself, do I see myself as a victim in life? How is that playing out? What can come with this yogic process of svadhyaya or self-examination is self-honesty or satya, and that's empowering. This is a healing process, a bit at a time, in that we can allow changes within us, and then that creates change around us. So instead of the avijja or illusion that I mentioned earlier related to myself, we can have vijja, or what's also called moksha, or liberation. We can have the freedom to make new choices and form new habits of thinking inside. And then the outside changes, and our experience changes. So instead of being in fear and believing everything our mind conjures up, we can step into our true shraddha, our faith. And this is not faith based in beliefs, but instead is based on interconnection to our true support in life. You might call it the God of your heart, or we call it Purusha in Ayurveda, or divine intelligence, or the source of the universe, however you choose to see it. It's like going down the river with the flow of the river and the current, rather than trying to paddle upstream. Consider that we are continually making something into our higher power or God. And unless we direct this inward, we project it outward. So it might be food, the government, another person, a drug, shopping, you name it. So this connection to our inner world, not based on beliefs, but our experience, allows us to begin the process to shift the negative thought patterns. Sometimes we might say, whose voice is that inside of me? Have you ever had that happen? Ooh. It's often someone else's voice from a samskara or an impression from earlier in life. The awareness of it may be new, although it's been there for a very long time. So many of the practices 
given to us in Ayurveda and yoga support us to step out of the analytical mind and into a deeper sense of ourselves. By resolving the energetic charge on the samskara through the practices, we can begin to see our past experiences in a new light and see the benefits they have they've given us and the ability to move forward in life. This creates a transformation of personality, something that's available to all of us, ongoing. There is no end point. The simplest practices to get going in a new direction are to have a consistent dinacharya, or it's, it's a daily routine. This includes consistent eating and sleeping times, along with self-care, such as daily abhyanga or oiling your body in a calming and soothing pattern, and just five minutes of breath awareness with meditation. The accumulation of these steps create a natural sense of calm within us so that we can make better choices. And it's available to all of us. Coming to know your inner world and to develop a joyful, loving relationship with yourself, there's really nothing better it will allow you to harmonize your mind. You know, your physical and mental health are not separate from your spiritual self. And this holistic approach, it allows us to move forward and experience what we truly desire in life. We develop a new sense of what moksha or freedom means. For more ways to empower yourself to live a vibrant, healthy life with Ayurveda and yoga, follow us on Instagram at H-A-L-E underscore P-U-L-E. And join our private Facebook group, Flow with Ayurveda and Yoga. Until next time. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, Join Simple Ayurvedic Cooking with Halipule. Their recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.